As mentioned today, we're celebrating the Nativity of St. John the Baptist. And in praying over this passage, I find it very beautiful how St. John the Baptist's parents' heart was transformed. How John the Baptist, he came into this world to prepare the way so that we might be able to receive Jesus. But he already began it in the womb. And he began even before he was conceived. And I think there is a lesson here on how children in general, but especially John the Baptist, prepares the hearts of parents. Because it shows us really how Zachariah's heart was transformed. Elizabeth's too, but Elizabeth is not as mentioned as Zachariah. Zachariah is put in parallel with Mary. And we have the annunciation of the angel to Zachariah and the annunciation of the angel to Mary. We have the birth of Zachariah's son, and we have the birth of Mary's son. The two are put in parallel. Zachariah will sing the canticle, which we call in the church the Benedictus, and Mary will sing the canticle, which we call the Magnificat. And so Zachariah's heart teaches us how a father's heart is to be prepared to be a good father, I suppose, to be a father in the light of the Lord. And it started out with Zachariah being old already and bitter, doubting. He had already moved on, surely. They were beyond the possible age of fertility. And the angel announces that they're going to have a child, and it was a major wound that was reopened. And he doesn't immediately submit to the will of God. He doesn't immediately say, Thy will be done, Lord. Thy will be done. He still has this aspect of wanting to control his life. And it's understandable because he was hurt. And when we're wounded in life, we want to take control a little bit more. We want to take control a little bit more. And it doesn't fit into the ideas that Zechariah had for his life. And so Zechariah's heart is not open to the Lord. And it's very interesting that the Lord is going to actually punish him. He's going to silence him. And that would be a good punishment, I think, for any man or woman, is to be silenced. It's a good one because it it hurts, you know. It, It really stands out. But that's not the main reason why it's good. I mean, if it didn't hurt at all, though, we probably wouldn't listen, right? But 
why it's so good is because it surely gave him time to reflect. It gave him the capacity to start to listen instead of speaking all the time. Because remember, he didn't want to accept the will of God. It means that he had too many thoughts in his own mind, too many plans in his own heart. And if he's going to receive this child, he can't be asserting his ideas and his plans upon this child. He can't be. Because it's God's child. And so, how is it that he is to assert his own plans, his own projects, out of fear upon his child? And so the Lord, before his child is born, teaches him through giving him, a little bit by force, the capacity to listen. The capacity to mull over it in his heart and allow himself to be open. So it's interesting. John the Baptist is already preparing his own father's heart before he's even born, so that his father can be open to God. Zechariah, though, you know, he had this great shame, which we've already mentioned, the great shame of not having a child. But Zechariah's heart is going to be further prepared. How? Well, very simply, when we see this child being born. He is going to name him according to the name that the angel gave. The angel gave him that name to give to the child. And Zechariah is going to see that it's in doing that, he is allowing God's plan to work And the name is very curious because it means Yahweh gives grace or Yahweh or God is giving his grace. And so in giving that name, which was different from anyone in their family, he's acknowledging that God is the one that gives the grace of the child that it is an immense miracle. I'm sure the fact that he was able to listen more, or at least mull over in his heart, gave him the capacity to meditate upon the beauty of the miracle of this child and didn't allow him to get stuck once again in his fears, in his anxieties, in his own projects, in his own plans. But in giving that name, he's saying, God, you are the one that is going to direct this child. You are the one that's allowing this child to be the grace for us all, to prepare the way. And so... In giving that name, he is submitting and allowing God to work. 
But then, when the child is born, his mouth is opened, and his first words are words of proclamation of the goodness of God, and the fact that God is working in our midst. And he says these wonderful words about this child who already was such a miracle for him. And he also shows us how to have joy. If God had not done that work in his heart so that it made him capable of seeing that his child was a gift from God, he could not have had the same joy. It was because God had prepared his heart to see that God is working. God's providence, God's plan, God's governance is at work in the midst of his heart and the hearts of his people, the people of Israel. He would not have shouted out for joy. He would not have said, Blessed be the Lord. And so there's almost this pivotal point where he is completely switched. He is taken out of the darkness which he was in, which made him deny God, not believe right away. He's taken out of that darkness, and he himself is prepared to enter into the light. And when his child is born, he already sees the light coming. He rejoices. And I think that this shows us something that's very important for Christian life, for ourselves, in receiving the grace of God, allowing our hearts to be converted again today, again and again and again today. In staying in that state of admiration where the whole world does not have to go according to my own plan, but the acknowledgement that God is at work and we are conforming to His. And also, the joy in seeing it unravel. It doesn't just show us, though, about the Christian life. I believe it's also a good model for parenting. In the Old Testament, there's this famous passage where the mother in Maccabees offers up her seven sons, and all seven sons are martyred. And in that passage, when she's talking to her last son, she acknowledges that she had a role in the birth of her son, but God had given him existence. And there is this first acknowledgement in parenting and in all things, but in parenting we find here because of the birth of the son, right? In acknowledging that God is at work and that God has given us are these very children, this very child, and that we receive this child as a grace. And our role is not to control the child and not to abandon the child, but to stand firm next to the child and to foster this child throughout his life 
to raise this child throughout his life so that he might recognize that he is the child of God. So that the day that he is born, we might rejoice to find that God is at work in our lives, that God has given us such a grace as to partake in the life of the child, that we too, with Zachariah, might shout out for joy in the grace that God has given us. And let us ask that our hearts might be prepared by John the Baptist, that we might be taken out of the darkness of our own thoughts, our own plans, our own lives, and we might be taken into the light and enter into the providence of God and enter into his life. 